0: We are continuing tonight with what should be in Hashem, the final installment in the Shiurim on Rabban Yohanan ben Zakkai. As I've told you a number of times, Rabban Yohanan ben Zakkai is the chacham, who transitions the Jewish people from having a Hamikdash, having a temple, into a world that no longer has a temple. last time we were here together, we spoke about a subject that I was hoping more people would ask me questions about after the Shi'u regarding the Sephardic concept of galut in the writings of Chacham Hosei Fa'ul, in there we discussed that Jewish autonomy, not freedom, is what makes or breaks exile in the Sephardic mind. And that a certain piece of land is not necessarily what gives us, or takes away, our national autonomy. Rabban Yochanan ben Zakkai realizes this very early on. And he makes a point of sneaking out of Yerushalayim, Kodesh. Remember, past the groups of Bilionim, the Jewish zealots that were hellbent on destroying the Jewish kingdom. How were they going to destroy the Jewish kingdom? They were going to destroy the Jewish kingdom by being ultra-nationalists. Harav Kuk, Allah Shalom, has many interesting writings. Uh, it's not a surprise to you. I'm not a student of Harav Kuk. I never knew him. I didn't merit to study by his Talmudim. But much of his writings, Baal Hashem, I've merited to look at and to study. The writings of Harav Kuk that are prevalent today are heavily censored, whether by his son or by his students, to fit a certain ideology. Harav Kuk, contrary to what many people might think, as seemingly the founder, and I say seemingly, the founder of religious Zionism, Harav Kuk is so opposed to nationalism that is lacking the Jewish values that make those make that nationalism a universal movement if you recall HaRavuziya that we studied here together the Jewish redemption is not a selfish redemption we don't just wish to redeem ourselves we wish to redeem the world Rabban Yochanan Ben Zakkai has to figure out not just for the sake of the Jewish people but for the sake of the world how do I save Am Yisrael? The people that are standing in his way are the Berionim, the Kanaim, the Sikrikim, the Sakurai, the Zealots, whatever other name these groups had, which due to their Jewish nationalism was standing in the way of Rabbi Yochalaam ben Zakai's plan and ultimately led to the downfall of Yerushalayim Mera Kodesh on page 502 at the bottom of the page. We'll continue with what we left off yesterday. Who metaken kama takanot zecher Rabban Yochanan ben Zekai, in his new capital of Yavne, institutes new decrees which the time needs in memory of the mikdash innovation is not a bad thing in Judaism. Somehow Jewish people have got into their head that we are suffering from the illness of orthodoxy. Orthodoxy which is frozen in time, which is not allowed to change, which is not flexible, it is rigid. Our chachamim were not static chachamim. Our chachamim we're dynamic, Chachamim. Do I check out that is? Dynamic Chachamim are people who in every generation are familiar with the needs of their generation and they know what needs to be done in order to make sure that that generation continues being Jewish. Rabban Yochanan ben Zakkai felt that there were certain things about the Mikdash that needed to be recreated. Everything's okay out there? Okay. That needed to be recreated outside of the Mikdash in order so the Jewish people could continue doing what they needed to do. And we mentioned those things were, one of them was to blow outside of the Mikdash The Shofar on Shabbat and Rosh Hashanah, when they coincide, to make sure that just like in the Benamikdash, you were able to blow the Shofar. Also, in his new city of Yavne, you were able to blow the Shofar on Shabbat. lo yitokim Because originally, they only used to blow the Shofar on Shabbat if Rosh Hashanah and Shabbat coincided in the Benamikdash. What else did we mention he did? Remember what the other takana was? <speaking in> Remember <Hebrew> from Tuesday. The other takana of had to do with the lulav. Did he also do the lulav not on Shabbat? I mean, not on Shabbat and on Shabbat everywhere. Oh very good, Baruch has that? Lulav, seven days of Sukkot, not just on the first day, also outside of the Ben-Mikdash. Which means that when you take your Lulav and all this Sukkot, on the 3rd, or the 4th, or the 5th, whatever day will be, and you say, Baruch ad haolam, al you're referring to the decree of Rabban Yochanan ben Zakai, who told you to take the Lulav at all outside of the Ben-Mikdash for seven days. And with this, with these decrees, Rabban Yochanan ben Zakai gave Yavne, the new city, the new headquarters, the same status as the old ancient headquarters of Jerusalem. And if you look at Masachet on page 29b, you'll see that not all of the Chachamim, B'nei B'tera especially, were not so thrilled with Rabban Yohanan ben Zakkai in his plan to transfer the capital of the Jewish people to Yavne, and to give Yavne the same status as Yerushalayim. We're now at the top of page 503. ben harabim shel Rabban Yohanan ben Zakkai, from the many students of Rabban Yohanan ben Zakkai, nimnu are included his five most important students. So he had many students, but these were his prize students. The and they are R'bi Eliezer ben Hukonus, who we read much about him and his life and his journey to discover Torah Mitzvot. R'bi Yoshua ben Chananiah, Rabbi Yosea Kohen, Rabbi Shimon ben Netanen, Rabbi Lazar ben Arach. Look with me in Seferia. in Masechet Avot. I didn't send out the link, I forgot. But if you go to Sefaria and you click on Mishnah, and you go down to the gray words where it says, Seder Nezikin. It's very interesting that Perkeh are found in the tractate that we discuss damages between human beings. It's interesting. You click Perkeh In the top drop-down menu, you want to select chapter 2, and scroll down to Mishnah Chet. So I'm basically in Perkei Avod, chapter 2, Mishnah Chet. Do you have that? Seder uh, Nezikin. it's 2.8 so 2.8, two eight. chapter 2 no, chapter 2 Mishnah 8 yeah, let me do this it's in the Mishnah, go to the Mishnah not the Talmud So go Safari, then click on. Okay, let me do this. Yeah, it's just the first order. To you if you look in the chat box, I'm sending it right now. Wait, never mind, I understand what happened. I posted the link now at the bottom. Do you see that? Okay. Rabban Yohanan ben Zakkai is a student of Hilel and Shammai. Let's skip down a few lines in the Hebrew. Chamisha tanmidiim hayu lo le Rabban Yohanan ben Zakkai. Rabbi Yohanan ben Zakkai had five students. These are them. Rabbi Eliezer ben Hokunus. and Rabbi Yoshua ben Hananiah. and Rabbi Yoseha Kohen. and Rabbi Shimon ben Netanel. and Rabbi Lazar ben Arach. Who Haya Monesh Shifran or Shivachan? Rabbi Eliezer ben Hokunus, he starts praising all of his students. Of his Rabbi Eliezer ben Hokunus, what was so special about his student? Some say There's a few different versions of this sentence right here. Which means that he is a person who absorbed everything and didn't lose one drop. He was able to retain a tremendous amount of information. Praiseworthy is she who bore him, who gave birth to him. Chasid was a pious one. Rabbi Shimon ben Netanyel, was a God fearing person. Really, he was someone who feared sin. What is Yirat Chet? What is the fear of sin? Stay away from it. I want to have a good definition for me. Perhaps another Talmudic reference of Yirat Chet. somebody who's like mentally resistant to doing wrong like though the way that one of the professors at the why you put it is that there's an ick factor to doing something that you feel like is wrong and just your gut will make you stay away from it let's see something okay that's that's a good definition of yira in general perhaps can i send you another link So jump around with me to this next link I'm sending now in the chat box. It's from Hasechet Sota, the Talmud, page 22. Just click the link in the chat box and you'll get to it. I learned what I'm about to tell you now from Harav Peretz. When we studied Sota here, this page together, Harav Peretz told us this is the truest definition of Yirat Chit. This story will not be warmly received by those who did not internalize last week's Shi'u, Tuesday night Shi'u. I can't help if your culture precludes Jewish culture from having a value. But if Jewish culture is valuable to you, then this story will move you very much. Rabbi Yochanan said, I learned the fear of sin from a young girl. Betula, in halakhic literature, is most likely someone under the age of 12. Yes? It doesn't have to be strictly. It could be a young, a young girl, whatever she was. Maybe you could even argue an unmarried girl if in this context. V'kibul sakhar malmana, And I learned about receiving reward from a kadosh from a widow. Who is Rabbi Yochanan? So B'yohanan here is the greatest Chacham of them all. And he's telling you, I learned Yirat Chet, not from my rabbis, not from my teachers, not from the... I learned from a young girl Yirat Chet. What is the definition of Yirat Chet, fear of sin? Yirat Chet mi-betula, Rabbi B'yohanan, Shama lahi betula, Denafla, ve V'k'amra. Maybe apa." Rabbi Khanan says, I heard once a certain young girl who was falling on her face. Why was she falling on her face? Khaiba, somebody help me out here. She was praying. She was praying. Jewish people pray on their face. Yeah? When you, when you come to the Beda Knesset, you should find Jewish people on the floor on their face. How people tell you that Judaism does... You're not allowed to kneel. You're not allowed to. Part of Jewish prayer was putting down one's face. The putting down of one's face is an action that our Chachamin believe has a lot of power to allow our Tefillah to be accepted at different shiul in a different time. He sees a girl falling on her face, meaning she's praying. She's praying. Zev, you wanted to say something? No, just that uh, Abraham ben Rambam tried to reinstitute the falling on his face in Egypt. When the, it was, that's correct. That's correct. So he sees this girl praying and he hears her praying. What was she saying? What was she saying? Master of the Universe. Barata Gan Eden you created Gan Eden Barata Gehenom and you created hell for the lack of a better jewish word Barata Tzedikim you created Tzadikim. u barata reshaim you created evil people Ye ratzon min fanecha may be your will Hashem shelo yikashnu bi adam that people should not stumble because of me, they should not do averot. Because of me, Rashi explains. If you click on this, and you click commentary, and you click Rashi. I don't want people to lose their portion in the next world because of me. By the way, if I'm not mistaken, there's a mahar'sha here, and it could be that I'm wrong. A mahar'sha that asks, clearly this girl is a beautiful girl. What is she concerned about? That men are going to look at her, and they're going to feel inappropriate things about her, and they'll lose their olam haba because of her what a beautiful woman is not allowed to walk down the street it's her problem that other people are are crazy people by the way, you look at the Mausha there, I'm not going to tell you what his answer is it's not my answer it's it's kind of like a physician who sees where a person's health is going to go and they try to preempt something happening it's almost like a like a form of if I'm like this, this could happen what can I do to prevent and correct this state ok, but she didn't do anything what's, what's, what is she doing wrong? existing? what hit she's not afraid of it, she's not going to do a hit she's just practicing preventative medicine for other people yes yes ok, click with me on commentary again and click on the commentary titled "Ben Yehoyada." Ben Yehoyada—that's the Ben Ish-chai. Says the Ben Ish Hiksha Who wrote the book, Petah We've studied him together before. Somebody help me out here. Let me give you good advice. Now, it's before Rosh I can give you good advice. Some of you have been learning with me now upwards of 10 years. Some of you 10 months. Some of you 10 weeks. Some of you maybe 10 days. Maybe some of you 10 minutes. Every time I tell you the name of a Chacham or a Chachama and I tell you a book they wrote or something they said, or, I'm not telling you something, it's presumptuous what I'm telling you. I'm telling you now is, as, as people who I learn Torah with every day, get yourself a notebook and write down the name of Chachamim, write down the books they wrote. At night when you're done, go and research something about them, maybe the year they lived, the place they lived, where they died. Sit with me for one year. And you will have hundreds of chachamim at your fingertips. You'll know who they were. You'll know what they wrote. You don't have to work for hours and hours. Five minutes. Five minutes. Every time I mention something, it took me a long time to know these chachamim. It took me having to run from one place to another place to find their books in places nobody wanted to know about them. Baruch Hashem, now I'm giving them to you on a silver platter. Take them from me. Uncover the dust from their eyes and give them a place. Who wrote Petach is Rabenu Achida. Rabbi Chaim, Yosef, David, Azulay. Hikshar, Rab, Petach, Henaim. V'chida asks, Demashma, it seems, Lulei elu lo hainu yodim Sh'tarik adam niot yirechet. Et ma? What is rabbi, ne- rabbi Yochanan is telling us? It seems, if it wasn't for this girl, then I would never have known Yirat Chet. How did you become the chief rabbi of the Jewish people if you don't know what Yirat Chet is? Who gave you semichah? Who made you the... You don't know what you until you saw some girl praying. She was your teacher. says it's a bewildering statement to make. It appears to me, says the B'nishchai. Hakavana, that the meaning is. Now when our parents taught us this, he did not quote the B'nishchai. But as I was uh, clicking here, as I was clicking here, I saw the B'nishchai says it, so why not quote something in the name of somebody who said it? But Mori HaRav Peretz told me this even without the Benishkha. Lulezot, if it wasn't for this, Adam Lidog We would have not known if it wasn't for this young girl. The lesson that Yirat is not just concerning yourself with your Chet, with your mistakes, not just to pray for yourself. But to pray for other people, they shouldn't do chet. To be concerned with other people, to pray for other people, that they shouldn't stumble because of us. Until now, Rabban Yohanan is telling you, I always understood, to worry about myself, to focus on myself, to make sure that I don't do chateim. From this young girl, we have been taught that it's our obligation to be concerned with, to fear for, to pray for other people that they should not do a hit because of us. I told you already in the beginning that this doesn't fit into the value system in the West. In the West, there's this ideology of I don't care, you have a problem with me, it's your problem, I can do whatever I want. I'm not responsible for you. Not the way I dress. Not the way I speak. Not the way I eat. Not the way. I, your problem. You have to figure your life out. What are you looking at me for? But our chachamim are telling us from this bitula, from this young girl, we learned the value of Judaism. Yirat Chet. What more lesson can we learn now before Hoshana? To concern yourself with what your behavior, passive or active is going to cause in other people. Is it my fault, that he thinks X, Y, and Z because of me? No, nobody's blaming you. We're not giving you fault. But you're expected as a member of a society who cares about each other. I want to make sure, that other people are not niqshadim, don't stumble because of me. This is the chidush of this Betulah. This is what this girl taught Rabbi Yochanan. And this is what he's telling us. That he chet. When Rabbi Yochanan bin Zakai now back into our Mishnah in and Avot. So go back to the chat box and click on the first link. When he tells you that his... What? Is, is that is it like what you're saying about this, angle? it's very similar to... Don't put a stomach block in front of a blind person. Isn't the essence pretty much the same? Very good, very good. I would just think, if I could, and I'm just making, I'm splitting hairs, so you don't have to accept what I'm saying, Marlene, not putting a stumbling block in front of a blind person is a biblical prohibition because directly from my action is going to certainly cause this person to stumble. Here, if a person is a good person, they're an appropriate person, they're a holy person, they're not going to stumble here. But she's concerning herself, even with the people that... Her actions are not wrong. She didn't do anything wrong by existing or by looking good or by walking in the street. And she doesn't have to concern herself with the dregs of society, but she's choosing to. She's electing to, not because of a stumbling block, because it's not certain that somebody will stumble, and she's not doing anything prohibited, but because of her genuine concern for the well-being of other people. And so your mind is very similar, but I, I want to split the hairs that way, if it's okay with you. So when he says here that Rabbi Shimon ben Netanel was a Yirei Chet, now you should know what the definition of a is. Not somebody who's just worried about themselves, but somebody who's genuinely concerned with the spiritual well-being of somebody else. <speaking in Hebrew> Rabbi Al-Azar ben Arach, Ma'ayan Rabbi ben was like an overflowing wellspring that kept getting stronger. Hu <speaking in> HaYarmer, <Hebrew> and he used to say, "Imiyu kol Chachmei Yisrael bechaf if all of the sages of Israel were on a scale and Rabbi Eliezer the son of Horkonus was on the other side of the scale then he he would outweigh all of them what is he telling you about his student Rabbi Eliezer Ben Horkonus say it again very good, very special is the Chuyot. He's a person who outweighs everybody. Let me ask you a question. Is it a proper thing for a rabbi to tell his students which one of them is better than the other one? Only well, if he wants to use them as an example to inspire the rest of students. Okay, Marlene, that's a good answer. And I'm saying the blind. <laughs> what? <laughs> It's like kinat zofrim. Okay, very good. That's, that's good. Marlene and Yosef are saying the same thing. Uh, and that is that there are times where competition is a mechanism uh, to cause people to grow, to want to strive for more. The Chachamim called this kinat zofrim. The jealousy among scholars tarbe chokhma, will increase wisdom. Unfortunately, from our experience, if you've ever seen rabbis fighting with each other, seems the last thing that happens when they compete with each other is increase, increasing of wisdom. Increasing of stupidity? Yes. Increasing of Chilu Hashem? Yes. Increasing of all kinds of negative things? Absolutely. But chokhmah, Wisdom? I don't think so. Harap who is not a breast liver, always quotes the Rabbi Nachman of Brestlev, who said that it's a wise thing in our generation never to utilize the tool of kinat sofrim tar we don't live in a generation that has healthy enough self-esteem that you could tell a person, look how great that one is, and inspire them to do better. In our world, you have to know that the generation is different, and different generations require different teaching mechanisms. But I will say, I will say that it could be that Rabbi Yochanan Ben-Zakai was doing exactly what Marlene and Rabbi Yosef are saying, which is, he's encouraging the other students to emulate Rabbi Yosef ben it could also be, very simply, that he's not saying this teaching in the presence of Rebadezim and Hokunos or the students. It's just an observation that we recorded in the Mishnah, but not something he flaunted in front of them. I do think that there is room in the Ben Midrash for healthy analysis of a person. I'll explain. One of the 48 ways to acquire wisdom in the Mishnah and Avot Tells us that in order to acquire wisdom, you have to hamakir et Someone translate that for me. Oh no. No one's level when no one's place. One has to know one's place. One has to know one's place. When I first came to Har Peretz and I sat in that classroom, and half the things he said, I did not understand how he could say them. But I knew better than to kick and scream and shout and yell and just say, wait here a little bit, there are some people who have been here longer than me, let me observe, let me learn from them, let me ask from them. I have to know my place, where I am. And then one day, those roles will turn, I'll be the one who knows and understands, the next generation won't, and we'll teach them and we'll help them. You have to know who you are, what are you capable of? Somebody calls you with a question, you're not qualified to answer. Story of my life, I'm a rabbi, every day people call me to ask questions. Some questions I can answer. Some questions I need to consult with other people before I answer. Not just other rabbis, sometimes a medical professional, sometimes the lawyer, sometimes it's, there are many things you have to consult with before you answer. Sometimes I have to tell a person, this is above my pay grade. I'm not qualified to rule in this area of halacha. I don't feel competent here. And instead of a person saying, Oh, this is a good for nothing rabbi, he doesn't have an answer to my question. Hopefully somebody should feel, I'm very grateful that the rabbi knows when to excuse himself when he doesn't know the answer. That's what you should, that's what a person should feel. When I go to my rabbi before a chag and I say, tell me something that I, me, not you, something that I need to improve in myself. I want him to look at my character honestly and say, listen, you're great with him, but there's something that I've noticed and you need to fix it. That's very important for us. And that's something that a rabbi and a student in a real relationship are able to do. Tell me what I need, I'm not going to be upset at you, tell me what I need to fix. I'm going to work on it. You know me, you've learned with me, you've grown with me. Any mentor, any people that are in a relationship together. Let's go to the bottom paragraph of page 503. Rabban Yohanan bin Zakayin. Hayahadmut Hayoter at Silit Vayoter Nearetet Bedorotatanaim. Rabban Yohanan ben Zakkai was the most admired and influential personality perhaps of the generation of the Tanaim. Hayechid mibin Chachmei Yisrael shezekha leto'ar <laughs> Rabban afshelo haiyah mishpachat ha-nesiim shal bet-Hilin bizchut Toretov ha Rabban Yohanan ben Zakkai. Who was Zakkai? Who's the father of Rabban Yohanan ben Zakkai? The son is the chief rabbi. So which position did the father hold? He didn't. He didn't. Rabban Yohanan ben Zakkai is the only Chacham in our history who has the title Rabban not because he inherited from the house of Hilal, not because that was something that was bestowed upon him due to his prestigious lineage, but because of his Torah and wisdom, he earned that title of Rabban independently not so long ago we sat here together and we studied a Mishnah in which Akaviab bin Mahalalil, I believe, is asked by his son Father, before you die please tell your friends to raise me up in stature in the rabbinic world do you remember this Mishnah? and what did he answer back his son? he told him, I will not I will not intercede with my colleagues on your behalf rather what did he say? Yirach ha-kucha, very good. He said, "Your rabban is right." He said, "Your actions will bring you close, and your actions will draw you far." That's up to you. Where you make it in life is not because of the influence you have or the people you know; it's because of the effort you put in. Rabban Yochanan Ben Zakai is the example of that. Not only is he the most influential leader, but he's the only one who acquires the title of rabban. Because of his own hard work. You know, I recently got a book in the mail. They wrote now a book about Chacham Mordechai Eliyahu in English. Many books I have about him in Hebrew. It's a dear Chacham to me. Chacham Mordechai Eliyahu was the chief Sephardic rabbi of Israel. Was once visiting a Shiva house. In which there's a family, they lost their father. There were these very young orphans that were saying kaddish, and at the end of the Tifinah, Chachamur Chayliyahu in the shiva house, he sees the young boy crying his eyes out, and he sits down. And if you ever saw Chachamur Chayliyahu, really an angel, an angel of a person. If you had watched him, just look at him, the way he acts, the way he spoke, the way he loved, the way he cared, the way he smiled. Chachamur Chayliyahu takes this boy and puts him on his lap. And stroking his cheek, he says, what are you crying about? He says, I'm a 10-year-old boy, and I no longer have a father. How am I going to get anywhere in life? Who's going to help me? Who's going to be there for me? How am I going to make it? And Chacham Mordecai stroked his cheek and he said, you know, there once was a young boy who also lost his father at a very young age. At the age of 11 or 12, he was in the streets, he had to sell things for a living, ice cubes, he'd bring back a little bit of coins to his mother, they'd try to feed the kids and the family, and every day instead of going to school, and instead, he would go to the streets and he would sell ice blocks. And you know, ultimately he became a very famous Tamil chacham. and today he's lacking nothing. He said, you could do it too. And this young boy looks at Chacham Rechaliah and says, Rabbi, that's a really nice story, but how do you know that story is true? And Chacham looked at him and he said, I was also an orphan at the age of 10 years old. My father also died and I also sat shiva for him. And look at me sitting here in your house. I'm the chief rabbi of Israel. I am in the top of the rabbinic world. He said, you could also do it. We're all going to be there for you. To get a title not because someone is your parent or because you are born into a certain world or a certain community. but To work hard and become something. To be an orphan who sells ice blocks and to find yourself at the top of the world. Everyone is capable. Rabbi Yuchanan Ben Zakai is telling us something. You're in a new world, Am Yisrael. There's no Yerushalayim anymore. There's no Ben-Mikdash anymore. You're worried about HaKadosh Baruch being here anymore. But you're not alone you can get out of this situation and accomplish the greatest of things bimeshach imeh ayav arukim hu malame torah bekal talmidav ma'aritzav mkifim oto ad rega'av acharonim rabbi yochanan ben zakai for the rest of his life teaches torah surrounded by a group of students who really love him and admire him until his last moments and his teaching was full of chesed, of kindness, and of self-improvement. I remember once sitting with a group of yeshiva students in Yerushalayim. It was one of those Mose Shabbat, Malav Amalka, maybe in a pizza store. And everybody was talking about what their Rosh yeshiva spoke about before Shabbat. And this one is talking about Ketsoi Tzachoshen. You know what is a, a Ketsoi He's a famous book on the Talmud, uh, Halachot, uh, Chosh El Mishpat complicated matters in Halakha. Yeah, he gives a shiur an hour and a half in the Ketod HaKoshe. Another one about the importance of learning Torah, bitul Torah. And they asked me, so what did your rabbi do? And I said, I can't tell you in a pizza shop. Kid, well, you're not in the right headspace. What did our parents teach us? The whole shiur, the whole shiur, he got a phone call in the Ben that somebody who had studied by him years ago, so not somebody he's still in a relationship with the next door neighbor called, this is Israel for you, she called Ara to say, one of your former students, I like don't years before, he came home the other night, and he finds his pregnant wife, sweeping the floor, mopping the floor, I don't remember, something with the floor, and he comes home, and he says, where's dinner? He says, well, I'm the neighbor, we hear everything, she says, no, I don't, I don't have dinner ready, and he starts screaming, he wants pizza, and he wants pizza now, And she should go get him pizza. And screaming at her. The whole sheul, one hour sheul, was all about how dare this man consider himself a Jewish man. He comes home. He sees his wife. Forget that she's pregnant. But she happens to be pregnant. Mopping the floor. Forget your dinner. Forget pizza. Why are you not mopping the floor instead of her? Hala couldn't. What kind of man comes home and sees his wife mopping the floor and he's not he's screaming at dinner? You want dinner? Go make dinner. You want pizza? Go, go get yourself a pizza. By the end of the shiul, Haraperez was quite clear that the only thing that this, he called this pizza, I remember it like this, the stupid food that people eat. Because of the stupid food, you're willing to scream at your wife. So How do you go to the Berknecht the next morning? How do you wear tefillin or pretend you learn Torah? The whole shi'u, we didn't learn except the We didn't learn a shulchan We didn't learn nothing about all about. What do you use the word here? Torah chesed musar Refining one's character is the only thing you need to be learning in a bet midrash. Everything else, remember what he told us the week? Everything else is just a commentary on that, and that's the only part of Torah that radically changes a person. When your Torah is always viewed viewed to the context of musar, of refinement of character, of chesed, then it shouldn't surprise you that your Torah and someone else's Torah look like two completely different religions. Which lens are you viewing the Torah with? And the story goes. And the story goes when Rabban Yochanan ben Zakkai got sick, meaning towards the end of his life. I had a rabbi, I should live and be well. So I always asked him how old he was, he would say, I was, I was born when the Dead Sea was still sick. Whenever you see the Chachamim, we're talking about somebody who's sick, it always means, la'aleinu, la'aleinu, that it's the end of his life. Midav his students enter to visit him, to fulfill the mitzvah of Visiting the sick. Once Rabban Yochanan ben Zakai saw his students, he began to cry. Amrulot Almidav, his student said, Ne'er Israel, you candle of Israel, Amud Haimini, the right pillar, Patisha Chazak, the mighty hammer. Why are you crying, Rabbi? he tells them, If they were taking me now to a king of flesh and blood, Shayom Khan who today is here and tomorrow he's in the grave. And if he's angry at me, his anger cannot last forever. and if he puts me in prison, he can't imprison me forever. And if he killed me, he couldn't kill me forever. And I, I would be able to seduce him with words or bribe him with money. I would still be crying. If you were to take me now to a mortal court, to a king who could put me in prison, who could kill me, who could but he can't kill me forever and he can't imprison me forever and he'll die one day also I would still be crying <laughs> but now they're taking me in front of the king over king of kings but the translation that is the king of kings is incorrect translates the king who is the king of the kings who are over other kings our Shidu says, the king who is king over kings of kings. Yes, in Hebrew we say, they're taking me now to Akadosh Baruch who is he's angry at me, he'll be angry at me for eternity. And if he puts me in prison, I'm in prison forever. And if he chooses to kill me, I will be dead forever. And I cannot. Console him or comfort him with words. And I cannot bribe him with money. And not only that. There are two paths that are stretched out before me. One of Eden and one of Ghehno. And I don't know when I die which path they're going to take me down. And I'm not going to cry. is <laughs> laying on his deathbed and he's not sure if he's going to Gan Eden or not. What are we comfortable with? Which kind of comfort do we have? What does David HaMelech say? Now we say this <laughs> What does that mean, this Pasuk? Someone translate the Pasuk for me. Don't sleep now. I'm telling you that those of you who use a sidu, you've been saying this pasuk already. If you go to Tehillim 27, uh, 28, no, 27, I'm right. 27, Can you click on that pasuk for me? Click on the pasuk in the Safari link I just sent you. Can you read the pasuk again? Except for me, all of you are saying this pasuk every day for the last month. What is David HaMelech saying? What is he saying? He doesn't, know he believes in Ramah, but what's he saying? Click, click on the Pasub, click on it, it should open up a, a tab, click Talmud, you see that? Click Talmud, go to Massech Barachot. Berachot, Massech Berachot, page 4a, Massech Berachot says the following, mikhar Did David call himself pious? Hi, before, David Amelaf says ki chasidani that I'm a righteous person, I'm a pious person. It says the Gemara, does he call himself a chase? The it says in the Torah, in, in, in the tilim. If I had not believed to look upon the goodness of Hashem in the land of the living, Lulay. Why are there dots on the word Lulay? Maybe I will see. David ha says, אני טוב לצדיקים I believe in Olam ha I believe that you will give a reward to the righteous people in the next world. אבל אני but I don't know, לי חלק I'm not sure if I will make it to Olam Habar or not. I believe that you have an Olam haba. I believe that you will give goodness to the tzaddikim in that world, but I don't know if I'm going to make it there. David HaMelech is staying up at night and he's telling you, I'm not sure if I'm going to make it to Olam And Rabban Yochanan ben Zakkai is staying up and saying, I'm not sure if I'm going to make it to Olam why are we so arrogant sitting here a few days before Rosh and I think, yeah, we're going to make a big deal. Dip the apple in the honey, make a bracha loud and clear. Who cares? Tukah, have a happy, sweet new year. What's giving you the confidence David Hamelech didn't have? The Rabban Yochanan Ben Zakai didn't have. How does a person not say silichot now? How does a person not be full of not telling you fear? Of doubt, of concern, of the need to pray and to talk to Hakadosh Baruch Hu about where are we going? We're at the a crossroads. There's a piyut that we say at the end of the Amidah: "Rosh Hashanah Yom Kipurim." Adonai, Shemati Yareti Adonai, here we say this What's it? The book of life and death is open there for you. I don't understand how the person who's saying those words is not crying. How do you know where, where we're going? I'm standing here with a kid. I don't know where we're going. Or are we going to make it out of here, this Rosh Hashanah? Rabbi Ben Zaka is concerned. What do his students do? Whenever students have a hard time dealing with something uncomfortable, they do what everybody else does. They stop listening to the rabbi and they change the topic. It's exactly what they do here. They're changing the topic on Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai. Amrulo, they tell him, our rabbi, barachenu, give us a blessing. Okay, rabbi, you cry about, meanwhile, give us a blessing. Amar lehem, and he gives them the following blessing. may be the will of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. mora that you should fear Hashem as much as you fear other people. This is his parting words to his students. his students say, "At kan, that's all you're going to bless us with? That we should fear HaKadosh B'Chu as much as we fear people? Amar lehem ulevai, halevai, we would say, if only you could fear HaKadosh B'Chu, don't think that it's nothing that I'm blessing you. To do, you should know when a person does not you're going to go higher than the speed limit, you're going to cross over in a, a solid white line on the highway instead of a dotted line. You always look out of your window in your rear view mirror, is there a police officer over there? If he's there, you won't do it. I see people sometimes, I take my kids to SeaWorld, and you see the people. They're in the parking lot. You should see what the parking lot looks like once everybody leaves. Paper, cups, plastic things, all kinds of trash. You ever seen somebody littering? They do this thing, they look around, they throw on the floor. Baruch Hashem, that I live in a place like California, where they fine a person $1,000 for littering. There are some cities you go to in this country, and the whole city looks like a garbage dump. But they look around to make sure nobody is watching me. The of the feet, before he breaks into someone's house, checks out where the security cameras are. And if there's a security camera, he'll break into another house. If only you could fear HaKadosh Baruch the same way. Oh, HaKadosh Baruch watching me, don't do anything. HaKadosh Baruch here, and he would act like HaKadosh Baruch here. That's the best bracha I could give you, Sederach Balecha Muzakai. Ptirato, when he passed away, Mamshicha the Talmud continues, Amar he tells them, Take out all of the utensils from this room because of the tumah of death that you're about to experience, meaning I'm going to die and I don't want all of the things inside of the house to become tamay. And prepare a chair for the king of Yehuda, who is coming. Rashi understands Shabbai who's coming to escort me to the next world. It's interesting, Chizkiyahu HaMelech, there's so much to say and I'm already late because we're supposed to be doing Arvit now. There's so much to say about this Agadah. Chizkiyahu HaMelech is the king that was supposed to bring the Mashiach. He was the leader that missed the opportunity to redeem the Jewish people. It's very unique to me, Not. it's very interesting to me that Chizkiyahu HaMelech is the one who's coming to Rabban Yohanan ben Zakkai to escort him almost like we had a chance the Romans could have been gone with Rabban Yohanan ben Zakkai the Mashiach could have happened in this generation that like Rabbi Akiva believed but it didn't happen Mishemet Rabban Yohanan ben Zakkai in the Mishnah the tells us that when Rabban Yohanan ben Zakkai died the beauty of wisdom whatever that means the beauty of wisdom died with him. So we're standing here before Rosh Hashanah, and if I could think of a chacham to learn about, one of our sages to learn about before Rosh Hashanah, it's Rabban Yochanan ben Zakkai. A man who was not a pessimist; he was a realist. He knew that Bet Magdash was going to be destroyed, so he planned accordingly. He knew that things needed to change in the new generation, so he planned accordingly. He knew that his students were going to need the lessons that were real, so he planned to teach them those things, even on his deathbed. He knew he was going to leave this world. And he asked the next generation, please prepare for my passing, for my departure, and for the next generation to take my place. Rabbi ben Zakkai is a Chacham who teaches us to always be prepared. To not be content and comfortable because content and comfortable people never become successful in leading Amisrael anywhere. Always be concerned with the Jewish future of tomorrow. Be concerned even with the things that will happen when you're not in this world anymore. You're standing here before Rosh before Yom Kippurim. Be concerned with tomorrow. Don't be happy with what you have today. I'm not saying to beat yourself up. But I'm telling you to look forward. To have your eyes looking forward. Leaders like Rabban Yohanan ben Zakai, who look forward are leaders that are very rare to come by. And very often when they're here, we miss the opportunity to utilize them to their greatest potential and bring about redemption for us in the whole world. And so I bless us all that this year Adonai Shamati shimachai HaKadosh Baruch I've heard your name and I'm full of awe. But I know, HaKadosh Baruch that you are good. It's your way, HaKadosh Baruch to be patient with us. ve'latovim To the good ones and the bad ones you're patient with us. Because that's your beauty. We know that we're standing here. And HaKadosh Baruch is the one who gives us confidence to know that we will be written and inscribed and sealed in the book of life and so tonight as we're going to leave each other as a bed and this next month almost our shiurim here will not be regular I ask a few things for those of you who are here in San Diego to utilize every opportunity that we have together as a kihila to help each other get through these yamim tovim and be successful on the other end, not just for ourselves, but for all of the people who are here, those who are listening right now, and those who will be listening in the future. More than that, for those who are not here with us, but you're with us in spirit, to know that wherever you are in this journey, you're not alone. I'm here for you. The Rabbanit is here for you. All of these faces and names that you see, are all here for you, to make sure that we all get to the other side, in a book of Chaim Tovim, of good life. And the last thing that I ask is that we should meet here again. If not in Yerushalayim, Yerakodesh, don't fall off the bandwagon these high holidays. Come back here to learn with us in the Ben Amidrash. Right after Sukkot is over, we'll be learning together again. There'll be sporadic shioim that happen throughout the Chagim period. But no. more importantly than all of that, that I am so grateful to be able to have learned with you this last year, to be able to usher in a new year with you, for those of you who have been with me for 10 years, for 10 months, for 10 weeks, or for 10 minutes, I'm grateful for the trust that you've placed in myself, in my wife, in my community. And I bless you all. Let this last year and all of her curses leave us. Let them be gone. Let this year and all of her blessings begin. I bless you and your families and your loved ones and your friends. With a Shana etukar, with a happy and beautiful new year that is coming on us, on all of Israel and the whole world. Shamid I very much look forward to seeing you on the other side, if not in the Usanaimirakesh, then here Shamid Thank you so much for learning with me.